0: Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, where we uncover the truth, one guest at a time. We are not the mainstream media. We are not alternative media. We are your media, the people's media. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members. As always, you are keeping Veritas alive. Tonight's special guest is someone I met at the East City Conference at James Gilliland's Ranch a few weeks ago. It only took a couple of minutes of listening to her to know I needed to share her wisdom with you. Tonight's show is almost three hours long. I have no doubt it's going to be one of those shows where you'll have to listen more than once. Ascension and Awakening. Tonight's special guest is Lisa Renee, and she will be with us shortly. I want to thank my new friend, John Kelly, one of the speakers at the e event, for providing a copy of my very first UFO sighting. Visit the Manticore Forum so you can see what I saw. As I've always said, I won't admit to a sighting unless I can offer some proof. So I give you proof. Thanks again, John. The witness statement is on its way to you. To listen to the complete version of this and all our past and future shows, become a member. You will receive immediate access to all our inventory. That's 88 episodes to date, a few bonus interviews, the Veritas private chat room, and the Manticore forum. Just head on over to our website, veritasshow.com, click on subscribe, and take Veritas with you. Now, let me remind you that the 8GB brushed metal cased USB drive containing all of Season 1, and a lot of bonus material is now in stock. You may want to check what's included. Visit the Veritas store for more information and find out why this is the hottest product that we have in stock. To get in touch with me, click on the contact button of the website, VeritasShow.com, or on Facebook. And now, get ready for a truly awakening show. What is Ascension? What are star or indigo children? What is your mission during these chaotic times? How can we survive the upcoming shift in energy and consciousness? Find out what the powers that be don't want you to know. If you want to remain shackled by the Master's programming, stop this audio now. If you want to be free, ascend and awake, don't go anywhere. Lisa Renee is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Most of the great music you hear right here on The Veritas Show is supplied by the independent artists from Jamendo.com. If you hear a song you like, go over to our homepage, veritasshow.com, click on the guest, look up the song, and download it. You can even buy the group's CDs, in many cases, right there at Jamendo.com. is Dr. Brooks Agnew and you're listening
2: to Veritas.
0: Lisa Renee experienced a spontaneous kundalini event several years ago that catalyzed a starseed awakening to perceive multidimensional realities and communication with the evolutionary forces of light. Lisa has been personally prepared, trained and downloaded by interdimensional beings known as the Melchizedek Guardians through her Council of Twelve, known to her as the Syrian High Council. Guided by a spiritual hierarchy, Lisa was trained and downloaded to comprehend the science of ascension and its dynamics upon the layers of energy fields. This understanding of spirit technologies was experienced by her own personal conscious evolution and began her transition into a spiritual guide and multidimensional energetic healer during this planet's ascension cycle. She is a galactic emissary for the Guardians and a spokesperson for the shift of humanity to ascension. Along with the Guardian groups, her mission is to support humanity through its evolution with education, awareness, and by discussing the impacts of the energy shifts upon the planet, human beings, and human consciousness. She is an intuitive, spiritual mentor, writer, quantum therapist, and etheric surgeon. She writes a monthly column, Called Lifting Your Veil, which you can find at energeticsynthesis.com and also at PlanetLightworker.com. She lives and has a practice in Santa Monica, California. Lisa says, quote, Many of us have become aware that something incredibly profound is changing on our planet. We are sharing an amazing time of expansion on the planet, which affects us all at a very deep cellular level. These times have been described in many of the metaphysical circles as the great shift, the end times, or the ascension. And to discuss what ascension is all about and much more during a time where the energy all around us is shifting. For the first time on Veritas, I would like to welcome directly from Santa Monica, California, Lisa Renee. Hello Lisa and thanks for being with us. How are you?
2: Hello, Mel. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, what an intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's my pleasure. I had to read as much as I could, Lisa, because before we start, I want to tell the, the listeners that I met you at James Gilliland's ranch a few weeks ago. We had a terrific time. We were on on James' show also with the rest of the speakers, and the next day... I saw your presentation. I was very, very impressed. So I hope we can cause the same impression here tonight, Lisa. Well,
2: thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, it's a pleasure to as well get to be made aware of you and your work. And I certainly was able to just kind of check out your website, Veritas. And it's it's beautiful. I think it's awesome. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing.
0: Thank you. And I appreciate yours, too. And as I confessed to James when he was with me on the show, If you asked me a year, maybe two years ago, if I would be discussing these topics, I would have recommended some mental help. (laughs) But things, things that I cannot explain have happened to me, which have led me to the conclusion that just like the majority of our universe is composed of dark matter, perhaps there are realities and knowledge that we don't comprehend, but it doesn't mean that it's not there. So first... As we always do on this show with first-time guests, especially with your story, I want to share with the listeners how your life changed a few years ago. In a smaller scale, I was in the financial world, and so were you. Who would have thought that we would be touching these subjects? But go ahead and tell us and give us some background of yourself and take us through your transformation.
2: Thank you so much, Mel. And I think that's really an important point to bring up as well, because Um, When we were introduced to each other, we did kind of get acquainted in that way, and I shared with you as well that I was a tax accountant, had a background in um, taxes, IRS audits of all things, and business management. Certainly, you know, if I go back to the very beginning of things that I perceived as a child, there was certainly an awareness that something seemed a little bit different than what others were experiencing. So I think even though I did not have a context when I was very young, there was certain clues that made me feel that something was very different with me (laughs) in regards to what I was perceiving in the world and what others were perceiving in the world. However, you know, certainly I was, you know, considered a contributing member of society, you know, I got married, I was a tax accountant, I was, you know, so-called a professional in the third-dimensional physical world, you know. And um, I went through something that in the spiritual circles is termed the dark night of the soul. And generally what that means is that in the beginning of your awakening process, what happens is your reality is dismantled. Everything you thought was real, everything you thought was quote-unquote security in your life, whether that's your job, your relationship, your bank account, uh, your material objects, whatever that is, starts to slip away. Either these relationships end or the money is all gone or there are events and circumstances that create this incredible dismantling in your life. And when you're going through this, in the beginning stages, I mean, your first thought isn't, oh, I'm having a spiritual awakening, (laughs) you know, your first thought is, what is happening to me, and what is happening to my life, and um, there is an article that I have written, because I call this term, when you're in the process of dismantling and being dismantled from your material objects i call this phase of spiritual development the spiritual nomad because many of us when we go through this awakening process we will even be dismantled to a point of we don't have a residence anymore we're sleeping on our ex-husband's couch which is what i was doing and at that point you know you really have to look at all of the belief systems and the values that have been set up in social conditioning and in cultural and and other conditioning that really give us a sense of what our worth is, what our meaning is, you know, who are we in the world? And without all of these things, without these attachments, of course, it puts you through a very deep self-inquiry process or even a meditative process. And so, of course, in the midst of this dismantling, going through divorce, going through job transition, kind of losing everything that was in my 3D life, this is when I had my kundalini awakening. And at this time, of course, I was not you know, seeking my kundalini to be awakened. In fact, I didn't even know what kundalini was. Um, I just knew that I was having some kind of paranormal or metaphysical experience. And so upon this particular event, which was at one point very intense and painful, and then to gradual. So Kundalini is like life force that is released out of the tailbone in the spine. And this is actually a natural, organic part of human consciousness. But many of us in the Western world have not been given the training or the information. There's a lot of, let's say, the Hindu or the Indian lineages actually speak a lot about this, and it's a function of light body or in the energy field of the human being. So generally, when people are, quote-unquote, awakening kundalini, they're, they're asking for this. They're seeking it out. They're doing yoga poses and breath work, attempting to raise their kundalini. I was not uh, doing that. I was basically um, asking God for help, of course, and kundalini was the answer. <laughs> so when this life force uh came through my body it was very similar to experiencing being plugged into an electric socket it was massive amounts of energy that were running through my body and over time when it wouldn't stop, it was very uncomfortable, and because I was not trained to understand how to use yoga or stretching or breath to control this electric energetic force from my body, I ended up losing all my hair and actually having a lot of physical problems with it because I didn't know how to control it. Now, of course, I have a much better understanding, and I speak to a lot of people about um, supporting that because, again, at this particular time, there are many people having actually awakening and frequency surging and dizziness and things that are electrical or neurological in relationship to the frequencies coming into the planet. So I really have the firsthand experience of that. So through the process of the frequency and this sort of electrical conduit that I became through the Kundalini awakening, I was contacted. And this contact started through my awareness as my quote-unquote guides. I was certainly able to handle an understanding that all of us have some kind of angelic presence or guardians or guides that help us go through our earthly duties down here. However, what I did not know at that beginning stage is that these were actual extraterrestrial interdimensional beings. So it took me a while, and I think as well they were very kind and considerate, to my own psychological and emotional development to understand that I needed some time to kind of acclimate myself into that larger vantage point. Because certainly at this point of awakening, I did not seek or have uh, an expanded interest in extraterrestrials. I didn't even watch Star Trek when I was younger. I mean, so there was definitely a gap in my information about extraterrestrial intelligence. So it took a while for them to actually describe to me who they really are and who I was a part of (laughs) in another dimension. (laughs) When
0: did this happen? What year?
2: This happened between 1999 and 2001. Uh, Not
0: too long ago, actually. Yeah,
2: and quite interesting, too, when we understand, like, that was the change of the new millennium. You know, there was so much, if you remember back in the year 2000, there was so much uh, hoopla about what was going to happen in 2000. You know, I think, I don't know if you remember the... uh, Computers. Like UK. Yes, exactly. There was this sure. whole uh, theory, our whole financial and uh, computer systems would go awry. And of course, you know, here we are 10 years later. But, you know, um, at that time, I find the timing quite perfect. <laughs> I was right into the new millennium.
0: And the transition between your, let, let's call it your corporate life, to this new life, how did you embrace it and how did the people around you embrace it?
2: That's a great question, and I, and I really do love to share this because I think it's important, and that is, you know, certainly at the time, um, I was not a happy camper. Um, this was quite devastating to me because I think in the beginning stages, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, you're really questioning your sanity. You're questioning what's happening to you, and for me, I think quite honestly, I was probably quite scary <laughs> To the people in my office, because I knew that I was having an experience that I could not share uh, with even my closest family members. I understood that what was happening to me. I needed to find the verbiage. I needed to understand exactly what it was before I shared this with anyone. So there was a lot of isolation in the process. There was a lot of being in my bathrobe, praying, hanging out with the guys, asking questions. There was an unbelievable thirst for material, and I would just spend hours and hours, every waking moment, learning about archetypes and numerology and tarot reading and all